This is the Agent Mind Podcast. Welcome to episode 29 of the Agent Mind Podcast. I'm your host, TJ McGraw. I'm an active investor and real estate agent, and I'm on a quest to define the perfect mindset because I just want to build wealth and live within my passions. I want all the listeners out there to do the same, um, and hopefully this uh, this podcast has uh, helped and will continue to help people out there in the real estate business You know, get a little uh, different perspective maybe or an idea of a way to do something or spark that entrepreneurial seed that is a uh, that's uh, germinating within us all. So, uh, man, we're almost at thirty episodes. This is episode twenty-nine. I don't want to. I don't want to jump the gun. Thirties next week, uh, but it's pretty exciting to, to think about it. So, as you know, if you've been listening to the show, uh, I say this all the time. It's about conversations. I'm on a journey to maximize my potential, and the only the well, the most efficient way to do that is to, you know, uh, emulate, beg, borrow, and steal. Um, copy the mindset of successful people, people who are already doing the things that I want to do and live in the life that I want to live. So um, today's, I, I got a pretty cool guest on today. Um, but before we get to that, you know, if you, if you enjoy what we're doing here, you enjoy the show, please uh, subscribe, um, leave a review. That'd be so fantastic. Um, so helpful uh, to get this out there in front of others that are like-minded um, so yeah, head over to, uh, you know, www.theagentmind.com. Um, you can view episodes, uh, listen to episodes over there. Contact me. I am, uh, I'm actually looking to partner with other agents and real estate professionals. Um, and really, uh, your geographical location doesn't matter. I know I'm in, I'm a uh, based out of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, but really, I'm looking to partner with anybody in the U.S. and even globally. So, if you're interested in in, uh, in chatting, um, talk about how we can partner up, definitely go over to the website, theagentmind.com, uh, fill out the stuff to contact me. Um, my Calendly link is in there. We can get on a phone call. I'd love to talk to you uh, if if you're even remotely interested, just to kind of explore that uh, possibility. Uh, so, today I got a great guest talking about. Um, this is a perfect example. The guest I have on today is a perfect example of having conversations that lead to other ideas, other things, open up more possibilities, things that you might never dream of before, just by continuing to have conversations with folks, all of a sudden something that seemed impossible or something that was, was never on your radar. Now, all of a sudden it's not only possible, but um, totally doable, easier than you thought it would be. And, you know, it's something now you throw on your goals list. So that's happened to me today. My guest on, uh, his name is Charles Benton. He's actually located in the next town over next city over from me, um, down here in the, in the Atlanta Metro area. Um, we, we recently connected on LinkedIn of all places. So networking, it works. Um, and the, the things that he's doing, just make total sense right in my wheelhouse. Exactly what uh, the kind of stuff I love talking about specifically. And we talk about more than this on this episode, but specifically he is a real estate agent um, who's, you know, worked, worked his butt off. I think in his first couple of years, he did like 50 million in sales and like the first, like two first two or three years. Um, amazing. So obviously not afraid of hard work, worked his butt off. 
He's now owns three. I'm sorry. He owns on six franchises uh, for first class realty in a few different states. I want to say three different states, six franchises in three different states. Um, got hundreds of agents working with him, uh, partnering with him. But that's not even the, 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 the full story. He saw an opportunity to get into other other related spaces in the real estate business. So he opened a lending company. So now he has two lending companies. Um, and he talks about the opportunity there for, for not only um, his growth, for his, the, the benefit to his clients and his agent's clients, um, but also the benefit to the agents as well. I mean, it's just a, it is a no brainer when we talk about this. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, anyways, I, I'm saying too much. Um, you know, Charles has a bunch of other stuff going on, title company. Um, and I, I'm sure he's got some things cooking for the future as well. So um, enough of me just talking here. Let's get into it. Let's hear his story. Um, I'm really excited to to welcome Charles Benton to the show. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, today on the show, I have uh, Charles Benton. He is uh, the president of First Class Real Estate uh, Premier Group um, in Georgia here and the owner of Premier Group Mortgage. Um, also in Georgia. And then uh, you have a couple, couple mortgage companies, Colony Mortgage in Florida, and then a title company as well. So we, we, Charles, you got a lot going on, uh, getting out there and getting it. Yeah. Um, so how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing awesome. good. Cool. Well, I guess, uh, I mean, we'll dig right in, but, but first, um, you know, give us a brief history. I know you've been in the business for about 15 years now. Um, like how did you get into real estate and what were you doing beforehand? And and uh, you know, catch us up to, to now. It's it's kind of funny how I got in real estate because it wasn't something I, I kind of planned on. Um, after college, I went into the Navy, and so I was on a submarine for six years, um, kind of getting to go on the West Coast. And and when I got out, I, I always like to joke because I got off the submarine, and then a month later, I was showing houses. <laughs> so, so I got out uh, in 2006 when the market was you know hot as ever, and uh, mm -hmm. went used my GI Bill, got my real estate license and then uh, hit the ground running. And uh, what was cool is I kind of got fortunate coming into real estate at that time when it's just unbelievable, you know, somebody can breathe in a mirror and they're getting a loan. So uh, I, I jumped on a, a team right away in a big REO team. And this was in Dallas, Texas, where I kind of began uh, and just, it worked out great. You know, then the, the market crashed. Well, I got, like I said, I got lucky because I was on an REO team and mm. we were really kind of thriving during that point. Um, so I didn't have to grind really or anything like that. Um, a few years later, I kind of went on my own and had my own brokerage for a while. And then that kind of led me to the last two years where I kind of started getting into franchises. I purchased a franchise, first class real estate out of Virginia, um, and then kind of started growing those. And I've sold a few of them. I have several of them kind of in the Southeast. Um, and that kind of spun from there. Awesome. How many agents do you have? Right in all, all locations, we probably have about 175 in okay. the locations that I have. Nice. And that's the, you grew all that. That was you that, that. Yeah. Yep. That I was one that. of the first, first few franchises, uh, you know, it's only two years old, mm -hmm. uh, the whole franchise itself. And um, I was the first in the Southeast and, and kind of just grew that up. It's based out of Virginia. So there were a few up North, but um, it kind of, I kind of took that, took that risk and, Mm -hmm. I felt comfortable with it. Nice. Let, let me ask this. 
before we get, I definitely want to dig into the mortgage because that, because you know, we, you and I had a conversation prior to, to hit and record here um, about, you know, it be, uh, getting into the mortgage business as a real estate agent and the benefits of that. So I definitely want to dig into that. But um, b- before we go there, um, like how, how, how did you build the, how did you build the, uh, such a big um, organization and, and franchise and all that? And what, what was attractive about buying a franchise rather than like just starting a team and, uh, and, and growing a big team? Yeah, sure. So it's kind of twofold question though, because when I had my brokers running my team, you know, we, it was, it was great. I could really help them grow, but I knew that a lot of my time was, I was still producing. So mm-hmm. I'm doing my own business and trying to help them grow. And as I would expand and bring on more agents, um, especially if they happen to be newer agents, there wasn't enough time for me to, to help them and still grow it. So I had to make that decision. Do I just want to continue to, you know, keep my little team and, and do well mm-hmm. um, or kind of expand. And I knew that the only really way to do that was to franchise. And so I searched around, I, I met with a lot of different uh, companies and stuff and I chose first class, but what it allowed me to do is pull out of production, recruit, train, drive production, um, you know, for the new agents coming on. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of the systems and stuff already in place. You know, typically, you know, if you buy a McDonald's franchise, you're buying that because they already got it all set up. You're yeah. just running the play. You're going to use their burgers, their buns. Buying a franchise is the same thing. You're buying into that model and then you're grabbing it and running with it. So if you open 10 McDonald's, same thing. And that's kind of the, the concept why I've been able to kind of go and expand so fast. It's not a lot. I'm just following the play mm-hmm. and running it to the best I can. And it's allowing it. So, you know, that's why I always tell people, we go, buying a franchise isn't like you're changed. You're just, you're buying what they've already created. And that's right. why it's cool because you can kind of pick, oh, okay, I like this, their model. Let me go do this. And that's that's kind of how, how it started with me moving over to deciding to go franchise to expand. Gotcha. And do you, do you licensed in all the states you're in or just? Just Georgia. Just Georgia. Okay. So yeah. it's not, it's not a, because uh, I know sometimes, um, you know, agents think that they're going to expand into another state that they have to get licensed in that state and yeah and right. all that but that's not the, that's not the case unless you're unless you're going to be playing you're planning on doing yeah, if, you're yourself. Doing, if you're going to be the broker of, of that particular firm there then yeah mm-hmm. you would but uh i'm not the broker of, of any of the locations gotcha okay so you've hired managing brokers right for each yeah. franchise yeah exactly cool awesome well that's that's all do you have plans to open anymore i mean what's it do you have like a growth oh, Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm an area rep now, so I can work the whole country. It's just worked out in the Southeast because that's just kind of where I've been around and know people, but yeah, the goal is you can open, um, you get so many franchises to sell. So it's a little bit different than just being a state specific. Um, but you know, you, you buy into the company and you can sell them. So that's absolutely, you know, like, you know, keep going with it. It's, it's, it's good. And I'm getting better and better at helping, the new franchises open up quicker and get to production. Nice. Cool. So you, I mean, you're getting after it. The, the um, I'm, I'm very intrigued and super interested in learning about how you got into the mortgage business and why you did that. And, and, and uh, apparently it's, it's easier than we, than most of us think it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, of course, you know, everything is work. Nothing is, is uh, you know, super, super easy where you don't have to work, but, you know, uh, expound on that a little bit. Like what, 
what, how did you, when did you first realize that, oh, you can get into the mortgage business and like, why did you do that? And how, how's it, it benefiting your business now? Yeah. It, it just like probably most agents, uh, I was always having marketing agreements with lenders, title companies and whatnot to, to share in the marketing and doing business together. Mm -hmm. um, but as I knew, noticed, the more I grew, the harder it was for a particular mortgage company to expand it, you know, to go with it. And uh, especially when you're having multiple locations where that mortgage company might not be in that state. So, hmm. you know, I couldn't, they couldn't do a marketing agreement with me there. So it's like I tapped out on the marketing agreement. So I knew I had to leverage the growth in the agent count and the transaction count. And so that's when I started figuring out the JV side of a mortgage where you're actually opening up your own mortgage company and partnering with, an, with another mortgage company. That way you can go and facilitate every state you're in, every, every situation, and then it's yours to run, to push, and you're able to help other franchises get in on it so they can profit, and especially if they have multiple locations. So that was the, the, the first way it came about, like, man, you know, I, I need something that's scalable with all these locations. And that was what I found to be best. And doing it all, I realized, man, why did I not do this sooner? <laughs> you, you know, because it, it wasn't, it's all, it's all about your production. You know, as long as you can produce deals there and obviously the bigger you get and, and even like a team, like I wish I would have did it as a small team mm -hmm. because it's way more lucrative than a marketing agreement. Um, but in the production was there, especially when I was still producing because I could have dumped leads into it. So if a team leader's out there and he's got four agents and then he's still doing deals, you know, they're doing, let's say eight to 10 a month, mm -hmm. it's a no brainer. It's, and it's not that hard to set up because they're going to make way more than any mortgage company can give them on a marketing agreement. It's just, yeah. you know, you got to get capped with it at that way. So that's where it all kind of spun out. It was like, I got to leverage this. You know, I'm, it, this is growth. This is, I got to hurry and figure it out. And mortgage, it's, it's always been cool because that's part of being a real estate agent. You got, you got to know the mortgage side of it to be good. Yeah. So it really wasn't that difficult to put it in place. Yeah. And it, but I was just going to say that too. It's not like it was a, um, well, let me, let me, before I say that, let me say this oftentimes, uh, uh, you know, entrepreneurs and business owners, they want to, you know, open more and more businesses and, and develop different revenue streams. But this one, it, a lot of times they'll, they'll, um, kind of fail because they'll, they'll open up something or, or start a business that's not exactly, um, what they're doing currently. So by, by mortgage, it's, it is, you're right. We need to know the ins and outs of the mortgage company, mortgage industry, you know, and basic rules and, and regulations and all that stuff. But it's, it's a very much a part of That's every right. transaction that we do. We, we do have to know a lot about it. So it does make sense. It's one of those, it's an extension of your business rather than a whole nother business. It's absolutely in essence, Yeah. You know, you know uh, my dad always taught me, like, he says, stick to what you know. Right. Yeah. And, and so I knew real estate and mortgage ties right into it. Mm -hmm. tied, you know, all those different things tie into it. Um, and so I, I'm like, okay, cool. I know how to, I know how to grow a brokerage. Why not mm -hmm. grow a mortgage company? It's the same exact concept that people, you got a loan officer. That's like an agent. Yep. They got to get business. They got to do the contracts. They got to grow it that way. And, and if you're running a team, you know how easy it is to provide leads to your agents. Mm -hmm. Well, it's no difference providing leads to your LO and that LO, you train them the same as you do your agents and, and it'll be successful, but getting into it and not knowing real estate 
to me would be hard. You know, I feel like real estate agents have a leg up on mortgage loan officers going and starting their own because we know the whole backside of it as far as agents and buyers, they just know borrowers and lending. And when you tie those two in, it Mm -hmm. can be the perfect storm. um, And you're actually a better manager as an agent of a mortgage company than someone who's been in, let's say, the banking industry, the car industry, um, coming in to do it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense for mm-hmm. sure. So how do you how do you go about um so say so like me, I'm um completely novice when it comes to starting a mortgage. And it's just one of those things that I've I've recently started realizing through conversations that it's possible and and easier than I thought it would be to start a mortgage company. So here I am, I have no knowledge of how to get started. Like what what would you say to me? And I get this question a lot. And, and really, it's, it's kind of like when you get into to real estate, you know, what company do I pick? Do I want to go where there's a ton of training? Do I want to go where the commission splits are less, where I'll make more money? Um, do I want to go and, and kind of join a team where the business is, is handed to me and everything's set up, my business cards? Kind of like that when you're, when you're kind of opening your own bro- uh, mortgage brokerage because there's pro- there's companies out there that you can team up with and they take care of everything. Marketing, mm-hmm. hiring your loan officers. Like it's like a turnkey, but again, your split's going to be less, you know, but it's all handled for you and so yeah. forth. Then you have the kind where, where you are, maybe it's a 100% commission company where you're there. You just want to do business and keep all your money and do well. That's there too. And then you'll have some that are out there where you're actually teaming up with another um, entrepreneur in a way who knows how to, how to do it and then mm-hmm. runs the play with them. So you're, you're more of partners in growing it um, that way. So those are kind of the, the three scenarios that I use with it. And, and I've done all kind of three of them and found which one suited me best and stuff. But to get started is a lot of times you just want to make sure that you have the production to carry you right now. And I don't mean as a single agent, as like a, a team or something like that, where you, you can at least put in three to four deals a month. Like, you know, you can get by with two, but like, you're like, wait, that's it? Yeah, because you're running your own PL. Like, as long as you keep it skinny, you don't have to have this huge overhead like you would think a mortgage company needs. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just like as virtual agents, we can run our business without even having office space. It's somewhat similar to that, but the you know the key is is to make sure that you have that production, and then you start to use that to build off of it, and then mm-hmm. you're going to end up recruiting more agents because those loan officers are going to do deals with other listing agents. Yeah. So then in turn they start helping you recruit, which is not only growing your brokerage, but it's also bringing in more transactions. So you're kind of leveraging the two together, and that's what's so neat with having a, a real estate company have their own mortgage is be able to do both, you yeah. know, where a mortgage company, you know, they, they can pass agents off, but like, it's not the same. So that's, that's kind of when you get started, you figure out what model do I want to not be as involved? Um, do I want to, you know, want as much money as I can out of it. And then once you figure that out, then it's just doing some research and there's, there's several different companies out there. Um, there's not a lot of big banks that will do JVs. Mm-hmm. You know, there is selected because it, they have to have an entire department set up just for that. It's not just like going and partnering with them. They have to have it all set up um, where you do it on your own. All you really need is a loan officer. Mm-hmm. You find one that you work with that you like, you can go open your own 
and then run that play. But again, you want to make sure that loan officer is experienced mm-hmm. um, because you're not going to have the, as much back in support. Uh, and I think that's what scares people is when they're opening it, um, doing it. But if the transactions are there, it's not really a big deal. Yeah. That's um. so, so just to, to unpack that a little bit. So if I, so I made a choice, I want to, I want like a, a turnkey situation. So I'm going to go and, and find somebody to, to um, find a company to, to partner up with. that's going to do it all for me basically. So how, and how does it, how do you make money on that? Like where am I putting money in to get it started or like, how does that, how does yeah. that all work out? So you'll set up. So when you go to, let's say a, a bigger firm, let's just take movement mortgage, which I have one with them mm-hmm. is you are going in and, and partnering with them to use their resources um, that they've kind of already have in place as it. So you'll, we'll partner with them. You'll buy in and the buy-in what you're really doing is you have to set up all new licensing, mm-hmm. all new, you know, different LLCs as far as payouts, especially if you're going to sell shares that needs to be set up. And then again, just the whole process of the legality of it, that kind of money, then you have to have so much money saved in that uh, account. So those underwriters can have that. They can see that you're not going to get it approved. If there's, it usually has to be at least 10 grand in the accounts for an underwriter to approve that mortgage company. And okay. when they, when I say for that mortgage company, let's say you're going to use caliber mortgage or home point, they're going to look at that because you're not up and running yet. So they can't look at your P and L's but they can see that you had the reserves in there and then you get to start it. Um, but when I say turnkey too, is their systems, their, their LOS system, which is like a realtor's CRM, mm-hmm. you know, that's where all the origination is going on. It's already kind of set up the training's there uh, where, you know, think about if you go and set up your own brokerage, you got to decide, am I going to use follow boss? Am I going to use KB core? It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of already set up and then you just run it through there. And if you don't know how to hire an LO, They'll hire an LO for you and put in place for you, a local one or virtual, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just start pushing your business. And then the way it works is you close on a loan, let's say, oh, it's it's six grand, it's a commission. Well, that LO gets paid off the top first, you know, mm-hmm. whatever split you work with them. And that's the beauty of it. You get to pick their split. So if it's a lot of branch deals, you might make the split more like a 50-50, like real estate, you know, or, or so forth. Um, but then you, you will have expenses and then that comes off first, and then the profits are split 50-50. So you are 50-50 with them, but again, because it's a P&L RAN, those fees and LOs get paid first. Gotcha. Yep. All right. So that, that's kind of how it's broken down. Okay. So how do, how do I go about finding a, a, some, like a movement or a, a, someone to, to partner up with? Well, how do you- so, you know, a lot of it's just research. You can go in and Google it and find out, but the ones that I've seen um, the, the best as far as like the setup are going to be like the calibers and movements because they have that whole division set. You know, there is some smaller ones that, that have done that, but I've heard different things about that where mm-hmm. if it's turnkey, man, they got to be doing a lot. But if you go in there and it's not, and that, that broker's having to do a lot of it, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't do as well. You know, so when they, when you go and interview or, or talk to them, you know, make sure that they know that, hey, look, I, I just want to send you deals. I just want more profit. Like, you know, I don't want to do market group. I want more money. And that's why I'm doing this. Um, then, you get, then again, you can go find other ones. You can go to direct lenders and do it as well. Um, like I mentioned, HomePoint, UWM, 
you can go directly to them. And again, you're kind of more on your own. Um, but then like that third thing I was saying is, so for example, I'll also set up other people mortgages. So I've taken what I've learned on my side and my systems. And let's say somebody wants to go kind of be their own. They want more commission, put it that way, right? I will go and set it up for them and be with them and connect them with like liaison. And I'll have like, like an ops manager for them just to kind of answer questions, almost like a broker to answer the questions for the LO and so forth. Mm -hmm. And they run it. So that's kind of the, the three I mentioned. So there, there's not a lot of them doing kind of what I'm doing as far as helping out. And that kind of came from the franchising part portion. Uh, but as far as the other two, the first two, they're out there. You just want to make sure it's the right fit for you because um, they're all set up different. But it's the Got same it. concept. So you you are like if I came to you and said, hey, I need your help getting set up, you you have a program to to, to make that happen. Yeah. So, so pretty much is we, we would do a joint venture mm -hmm. and use the lenders that I already have set up the ops I already have set up and run it there where it's super skinny. The whole, the whole, the reason why that's advantageous mm -hmm. is your overhead is going to be practically zero at first. Yeah. You know, if you go get brick and mortar or whatever, if you try to do a little other thing, sure, but it's set up to be so skinny that we're just piggybacking off of it where you wouldn't need 25 grand to go set up with movements or, you know, 25 grand to go set up with, with caliber. It's way more skinnier and almost like it's based off production in a way, like they get going because yeah. it's already set up, you know, it's just then taking it and running with it. Gotcha. Interesting. So the, um, I mean, is this something that everybody should do? If the, if the, if the production's there, yeah. yes, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be, you know, there's a lot of people are scared to go and open their own team, scared to open their brokerage because they worry. This is just one of those things. Like if you're not scared and the production is there, it's something that I, I wish I would have done it a long time ago when I had my team even. Um, but I got I got comfortable with those market agreements and I didn't I didn't look bigger than that. I was like, oh, this is cool. I get five grand a month. All I got to do is send some deals there. No problem. Yeah. But I'm like, well, wait a second, you know. I'm, we're growing. Why not leverage this more? And I think that's where that this isn't taken off as much because people get comfortable with market agreements or they're so focused on that one business and yeah. not letting it leverage out to the other businesses. Yeah. Um, where a mortgage title, you know, whatever you kind of get into flipping. Um, but it all kind of stems from, from you and then your brokerage. Right. So then those transactions are there. That's how you, you push everything Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, I used to, well, I've always said if you, well, this, this, this podcast is all about like mindset and, and being a business owner rather than being an employee in your own business. So it's about like finding other ways to generate revenue, having multiple revenue streams. And I'm always said, if you're, if you're an agent, you, it's a no brainer. You absolutely should invest in real estate in some, some capacity just because we're so close to it. It makes so much sense for the knowledge that we have to, to do that. Well, I'm now, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly adding to that tune of you should also get into lending and, and do what you're doing. Because it, 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 that's also a no brainer. And I didn't realize it before, but there are a lot of agents out that are kind of stuck, um, especially the ones that you get into it at first. Of course, you're learning the business. And, and if you, as a brand new agent, it's 
it's tough to get hit the ground and, and, and run in. But once you get a few deals and a lot of agents kind of get stuck and they stop there and they're chasing that transaction. Yep. Some will, will go and start a team and you know, they, they start to realize it, but still it's, it's a, uh, there's so much more involved with real estate. There's, there's a million ways to make money in real estate. And, and this is certainly a, uh, I wish I had learned this earlier because I, I would have, uh, my, my year goals and my three-year goals would, would look a little bit different. I got to rewrite them now. <laughs> it, well, what, what happens too with agents are we're doing these transactions, right? We're not looking to see what's at the end. Yeah. We're chasing that next month's goal of eight transactions or for the year goal transactions where instead mm -hmm. of, Hey, let's, let's reach these goals. But that's because we want not only money, obviously that's the main thing we're doing to do it is what else is it going to bring me? Right. Is it going to bring me to another revenue stream um, where that, where I talk to agents all the time and, you know, what's your goals? Oh, I want to build my business to X and my clothes. All right, cool. Once you get there, what are you going to do with that? And that's where yeah. they, they stop. So every year they make new goals and it all is about the same thing. It might go up transactionally, but it's still the same. And, and that's where it's as entrepreneurs, it's, it's hard for us sometimes to open up and think about it because we don't know that other side. But I always yeah. tell people like, well, you didn't know how to sell real estate three years ago. And now look at you, you know, so mm -hmm. it's just something that you have to, to, to do as an entrepreneur. And, and it's, Hey, look, it took me a long time because it's easy to just want to grow your business and get bigger and bigger. And I had to finally say, I mean, okay, that's cool and all that's great. But where's that going to take me? But is it going to take me to the next level? Is it going to take me where I'm out of production forever and I can just work on it? you know, mm -hmm. um, where some agents are okay with just selling houses the rest of their life. And that's fine. Uh, but some of them just don't know how easy it is to get out of production and then continue to grow it where, you know, that's, that's a lot of, a lot of goals for agents is to be out of production, but they yeah. don't know what that looks like. You know? Yeah. It, it, Cause once, once you stop transacting, then the, the money stops coming in. So you it's, it's pretty tough for you know, and, and I tell people, you know, they look at it that way where, man, I, you know, I'm making less money now. I said, no, dude, you're investing in yourself. Mm -hmm. Why, you know, you getting out of production and you missing your, your regular income, monthly income from your sales. Imagine if you go to a neighborhood and you start doing a bunch of postcards, mailers, you're spending money. You're, you're, you're blowing that money to do that. But, you know, in a few months, your phone's going to be ringing for new listings. Mm -hmm. Getting out of production is the same concept. You're, 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 you're giving money up your income, but you know, in months down the road, it's going to be bigger. So that's why I always uh, explain to you like, ah, don't look at it that way. Don't be scared that you're losing money. Think of it as you investing in yourself, knowing that you can do it. So, Hey, I'll take a hit for a couple months, but I'm going to end up making double that once I grow it. Yeah. So that's a concept too. Yeah, most definitely. That's scary though. That's, it's, oh, yeah. it's certainly a scary. You got to get, <laughs> you definitely got to have the, the right mindset. Um, yeah. You, you got to have it set up too. You got to have your plan. Yeah, most definitely. So that, that's a good segue though, is that now I have to ask you what, like, what are the things that you do? What are the habits that you have every day that, that allow you to, you know, operate at this, at this level? You know, now, now doing it out of, you know, out of production, growing different locations and stuff it's all numbers. I'm constantly um, just looking at the numbers, making sure everything makes sense. You know, the truth is in the numbers. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows that. So a lot of it is, is a, if I'm going to go scale or do something else, 
will how will that look? How will the numbers look there? Where I'll be able to to expand from there. So everything is more strategy now, and it all comes to just leveraging what I've done with my first my first franchise, how it developed, how it went down. I duplicate it, and then I have to see if that's duplicable in another area. With, with even with certain leaders, if I have certain leaders involved, mm-hmm. can they run that play? You know, are they? Do I need to train them more? So. I'll look into all that. And really it's just managing the managers. Now, whoever's running it, Hey, just making sure that they're, they're doing the same way. Um, what, what we've done over and over and kind of doing that. Um, and then also helping, you know, other people get into to franchising or mortgage uh, and so forth. Yeah. Interesting. So do you have um, like, as you grow, do you find that it's harder to, to kind of maintain that, that the, the same level of training and, and support for the managers? You know, it's all about the managers, really. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're your, they're your right-hand man or they're your face of it. So the key is to really have them on a high level mm-hmm. where it's, you don't have to worry about that. If you have to go back and worry about what they're doing or, or making sure it's still running well, it's going to really slow you up and you have to make a decision real quick this person isn't right for this spot Mm -hmm. or, Hey, I got to change this plan up a little bit. It's different. So, you know, some locations you're going to have just a stud. that's just amazing. Some might not be as strong. So you have to watch that and know what, what you can, can do and can't do or what, what to give them really. Uh, So that's really what you're doing. You're it's everything scalable that we have. Mm -hmm. It's totally scalable, but what makes it scalable is the people in place. You know, and yeah. in, in, as long as you can keep a good, good group around you and everybody's had the same vision, it's much easier. Yeah. And in the right seat. Mm-hmm. Yep. See the bus. Right. You're right. Most definitely. So when I'm going to phrase this, how was it with the transition, like getting out of, out of production and now, now you're, you're just a manager basically. Mm-hmm. managing other people like what how was that difficult for you or was that just a natural progression for you like uh, i think it was natural progression i mean that that should have happened but i think i had to just make myself do it because like like we just talked about that money you, you in your mind you're losing that that paycheck you know those closings yeah. in your head so with me i just had to make a conscious decision saying okay this is what i'm about to do here's the plan here's the vision here's what I'm putting in place and just do it. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's not easy. You will grind so hard. Those first two 60 to 90 days. It's crazy, you know, mm-hmm. because you, you, you see just how slow it's kind of going. And if you can grind and make it through there, it'll then explode if you're doing the right thing, where what happens to a lot of people after that 60 day mark, they get scared and pull back in mm-hmm. and go, they'll get a call from one of their past clients. Sure. I'll show you that house. And then boom, they're back, (laughs) they're back, they're back in. So it's, that's the hardest part is making it through those first three months of being out of it. So, you know, a lot of people, what they've done the past two is they'll start to give up, give away certain, they'll only keep a certain few clients, Mm -hmm. you know, and and slowly fall away. And that, that's fine too. But I feel like it doesn't put you in the hot seat to make you really, really hit that growth spurt. Like is when you're, when you're grinding and you're waiting for that, all of a sudden they hit, you hire 10 agents in a month and then they start doing deals. It, you can breathe easier. 
Um, but it's getting to that point to do it. Yeah. It's scary. Definitely. And a lot of the conversations I have with, with agents um, about starting a team and all that, they're like, you know what? I don't, I don't want to manage anybody. That's not my, not my thing. So what, what would you say to, to agents like that? Cause it's kind of, well, I don't want to say short-sighted. I mean, everybody has their own path, but um, yeah, you know, I think they're missing out on an opportunity. And, and that's where they just don't, um, don't have faith in themselves or don't trust themselves. People always say limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a limiting belief that they can't do it. So they say they don't want to do it. I was that same guy. I don't want to manage people. I don't want to train people. Yeah. I don't do it. I just want to do it. And I was the same dude. And once I realized, dude, you can do this. You can be a leader and really help people. It shifted. So when you hear them say that, that's them saying, you know, I really don't like money. I don't want money because <laughs> growing a team is just another revenue stream. Yeah. That's all it is. You're not changing the way you do things. You're adding different revenue streams of agents. So when they say that, it's it's them just being scared. Yeah. They really, they really don't want to just have to do with that because nobody wants to sell houses the rest of their life. At 60, I don't want to be showing houses on Sunday, going to list appointments or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. You want to be just sitting back, but you you've got to step out of that box and and take that on and and just know that you can do it. You know, it, it and once you can get that vision, you're all good then. Yeah. And it, it, a whole world opens up, but, you know, then you start to look at like, what else, what else can I do to, for yeah. another revenue stream? <laughs> it all spins off of it. Yeah, most definitely. So, so that's, uh, what, how was the, the title company? Like what was the, the motivation behind that and, and how'd you get that rolling? Yeah. The, the, so the title came second but, or third or whatever, because mm-hmm. I knew right then I had the mortgage, I had the real estate transactions. Both of those could feed in there. Then I could use the title for refis. So that was the big refi boom was, you know, earlier this year. Yeah. So that was a no brainer. I had to have a title company for that. Uh, and then really it's just another thing. And the cool thing about the title, it can spin off both of them. So I had the real estate that could get the mortgage going, mm-hmm. you know, and that also mortgage was helping me recruit. And then the title was, was working with both of them to feed them. And then what also ends up happening is if that title experience was really good for, let's say uh, another agent with another firm, dang, we really like that title company. They're going back and start using your title company that they just found out about and don't realize, you know, so yeah. they really like it. So now you're also getting revenue from other, um, it's that same with the mortgage, you know, loan officer goes and does a deal with an agent, another company, bam, you know, it's, I call it a home run because yeah. you're, to double down so that's that's where the progression came like title i knew once i had regular deals and refis we got to yeah definitely so how do you how do you how do you start a title company you know there's not near as many jvs out for title Mm -hmm. uh and i'll if anybody's looking a little hint it's called expa title exp e title inc and they're out of miami florida and they um they have it set up so so virtual to work with numerous states mm-hmm. that it's, it's really, even if it's attorney state um, it's set up that way. And it's, it's a really skinny model, um, real technology based. Um, th- there's a few others out there, but we found that, that they've been most easiest to work with um, and are scalable. Mm-hmm. So there's a few though. I don't want to say that, that that's the best or whatever. That's just yeah. what we've done. Um, a little bit different mortgage, you know, Mortgage, you can find more. You could go to a local 
um, company maybe that you work with uh, and they could do it, but there's not as, as many title companies. Um, and then with the lender, it's just, you gotta be careful. If they've never done a JV, just be weary unless you yeah. know what you're doing. If you know what you're doing, it's fine. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, one of you has to know what you're doing, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, you get into trouble big time. It'll be chaos. So, with the title in um, it, uh, the attorney states, how does that how does that work? So, the way that, that we have it set up is we have like a referral network almost. So, mm-hmm. let's say in Georgia, which is attorney state, attorney has to be present. Uh, we're doing the deal off the, on the back end out of Florida. And then everything is ready to go. CD comes in. It's all good. Uh, all just go out. They, that buyer can pick where they want to close. They want to close in their new house, their old house, uh, agent's office, wherever that, that attorney, which is like a referral attorney, um, will go and meet them there and close wherever they want. So a lot of our agents have them close and they'll do the walkthrough and close right there. The attorney mm-hmm. will meet them there and they'll close in their new house. Um, yeah. and that's, that, awesome. that, that's all facilitated out of the, out of the back end in Florida. Gotcha. Attorneys just has the docs, has everything there um, and do it. Cause it's, it's so, it's so virtual. So much of it's already done. And mm-hmm. then for sellers, they can do a mail out or they can close at their house. Uh, it doesn't matter. And it's, it sounds nuts, but it's, it's kind of where we all knew one day it would be just in front of a screen. You know, yeah. we just thought it, it's going to go that route. It'll be there one day. But like this is the next progression where yeah. they can be they can be mobile. And then after that, it will all be doing it via, via this right here, Zoom. Yeah, or most whatever. definitely. Yep. That's a that's a great because I've had um I've had multiple, especially the past year with with COVID and all that in, in 2020, multiple uh, clients that are like, can't somebody just come to my house and can't the notary just come to my house? And yeah. well, and, and it's it's uh they're out there, but they're they tend to be expensive and you know, they're, they're not, there's not that many of them. So it's, it's kind of tough to, to, because you know, what's wild is if, if you refi, they're coming to your house mm-hmm. to get the final documents, whether it's a notary, if that attorney allow, or if that lender allows it, or it is an attorney, you know, typically it's a notary, but mm-hmm. they'll come to your house. So there was no difference when we were putting this together saying, why, why not? Why couldn't we go to their house or, or yeah. why couldn't we just meet them during the walkthrough um, and have it done? And so, that was the, the concept. And it's all so much technology where I'm sure you've done closing where they've, they've misread uh, cer- or mistyped certain things. You're like, mm-hmm. Oh crap. Well, this way is set up. So technology based it, they can fix that all right there. Yeah. Just by initialing certain documents. And it's, it's, it's foolproof as far as if, if when you get there, you're doing that closing, it's happening. Mm-hmm. There's no, no, this is messed up. This is messed up. We yeah. All that part of it. <laughs> You know, it's everything's in and it's app based, um, cloud based with as far as logins and, mm-hmm. um, you know, so like that. And then again, for the, the sellers love it, too, because they're not having to sit there for an hour while the buyer's signing a, a USDA or VA loan package that takes yeah. an hour. Um, and just it's just kind of a different experience. I mean, COVID really helped. Yeah, really took, made it take off um, just because it, nobody really wanted to go in anywhere. You know, they yeah. wanted it that way. It had to, it had to change. Like, right. you know, unfortunately that sometimes it takes, you know, a, something big to happen for, sure. for change to happen. It's, it is a no brainer with technology, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they should have started a lot sooner, but yeah, totally. 
So, so what do you do when you have, um, are you, I know you, you will do deals with, with, as far as lending and title company with agents that are outside of your um, franchise, your brokerage. Um, do you, do you actively like market towards um, folks outside of your, yeah. of your, you know, direct business or. Yeah. What, what we do is, is kind of unique. So we'll have the LOs. We'll, we'll maybe generate some leads and provide them to the LO to go out and meet agents in their marketplace, you know, help that help begin that relationship to work with. So as that's going and that, that, that agent starts to feed them deals, we might put them on a marketing agreement. But what we do is we give them, Hey, look, this is a roadmap. This is your progression. You know, just like as real estate agents, right? We start off as buyers agents. Then we do listings and buyers. Then we do listings and we give the buyers off to people and then we're running the whole team, right? The same with this concept is we get them on, they're doing a marketing agreement. Great. We'll scale you up. But then once they really are built up doing well, then they can go and spin off and open their own mortgage company. So mm. it's that we're also having as a, even though they're not with our firm, we're, we're giving them the roadmap to, to progress. Yeah. And they're going to be growing with that LO and that LO might be the one that they want to start it with, you know, because maybe there's a good relationship but it's a cool way to test it out to see if you like how, how they operate or even how the, the company itself operates mm-hmm. before you go and, and maybe do, do something like that. And then you could see the, the market agreement way um, and then realize how much money you're leaving on the table. Yeah. Man, this is all great stuff. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> my mind is like reeling right now. I gotta, I'm, I'm definitely going to be uh, redoing my goals <laughs> for the next few years. <laughs> That's for sure. It's got to be scalable. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the key. So what, so when you, um, I'm glad you mentioned that. So when you, you're going to set these things up, like what, what makes it scalable? I know that's a very broad question. It is. And I would say when you're doing any type of, um, especially like massive scalability, right? The systems are the first thing you look at. Is this system scalable? So for example, if you, let's just say as an agent, and your CRM, you can only have 10 users on it. And that's the max, right? That's not a scalable system. Mm-hmm. You got to get rid of that, you know? So that's just a small example. But whatever you're doing, it has to be able to withstand anything. So Salesforce is probably the best known thing ever. So Salesforce was the first real CRM when it comes to business that could scale with anybody. Mm-hmm. And so now everything that you kind of look at, like, okay, I might end up having a hundred mortgage companies. How is that going to be all where I can look at the numbers, know what's going on and almost have that hierarchy in the systems. So that is your, your main thing for scalability. Then you got to look, okay, well, am I set up infrastructure wise? Like we talked about the onboarding, the training, what's in place for that LO to make them successful or agents. It's like, you can't go and hire 50 agents, and, and then if you don't have it set up, it's going to fall apart. Yeah. So that's another thing is everything's got to be just where it's scalable, where you can plug and play and you really won't get too bogged down. Mm-hmm. And so when we lock, when, when me and my team talk about scalability, that's what we look at. Like what would it look at if we just doubled tomorrow in size or we set up for that, you yeah. know, and that's kind of what we'll look at. So, you know, if you feel that you're having to do a lot of manual entry um, or having to go back and double check things, you need to check yourself because that won't be scalable. You know, you, you can't do that on a large scale. 
And sometimes you just got to get rid of certain systems that mm -hmm. you've been using for years because it won't make sense. Yeah, that's a good point. And that doesn't come up that often. It, it, and it, it makes a lot of sense. It's like if, it, if this tool is no longer working or, you, you know, I, I love how you said about 100, 100 mortgage companies. <laughs> like, like there's really no limit once you have a, once you have a repeatable system in place. You just plug and play in the next one and just keep going. It's like, going it's like look, if you want to say, I want to have a hundred closings a month, mm -hmm. yeah, it's feasible. Absolutely. You got to figure out what lead gym companies, is that scalable? Like it's the same thing. If you're, if an agent's goal is to close a hundred a year, that's perfect because that's a massive goal, but it can be attained. Yeah. And, and that's the cool thing about real estate. There really is no limits, honestly, to what, what you can grow it to. Yeah. And hundred, hundred transactions is not that it's not going to take as much time as, as it would, as you think it would, if you have those systems in place and, and automation and, and, and all that, it, it, you, it's definitely doable for a solo agent and uh, yeah. transaction coordinator. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And, and, you know, people to help you out, um, whether you're, you're paying them at the close or, or you're, you're paying them to, to handle, you know, little things, but it's, it's hard when you're putting those systems in to think so big, like for scalability wise, like so far ahead. And then, you know, I remember at first when I would be like, okay, cool. And then I would reach that limit. Like, Oh crap. I didn't think about it. It could go farther than this. Yeah. And then I'm having to re, you know, redo it. And until you can really like think of it. And I think franchising teaches you that once you kind of earn that franchise world, because that's how you got to think of, I mean, yeah. you know, there's, Compass, EXP, they they had to have those systems set up for that growth that they've done. And and that's the only way you have to start thinking if you want to do it that way is, you know, very similar. Yeah, most definitely. Scalability. That's a, I think that's probably one of the biggest things I got out of this conversation. Besides the um, the information about setting up mortgage company and title company, um, really thinking with at a grand scale and like every, every system you're about to, to put into place or every lead generation company, or even if it's a, a VA that you're hiring, like, can, can this be repeatable and with infinite growth attached mm -hmm. to it? That's a, that's definitely a mindset shift that if you, if you start off thinking that way, then, if, you know, down the road, I'm sure there'll be some things you'll have to change and, and reconfigure and work on, but there might be less of it if you're if you're really thinking that way from the beginning. Oh yeah, and, and if you don't have people too, if one person in your organization is like a major pivotal point, mm -hmm. that might not be good. You know, you want to to be more spread out so anybody can can come in and and plug and play, and and that's as we're growing it ourselves, we run into that problem where we know too much, mm -hmm. we didn't spread our knowledge fast enough. And yeah, then, we're still having to be in be in so far. So, is your plan to get? Because my plan, like I, I've, uh, you know, working through my values and what I value out of life is one of them is, is freedom of time and freedom of money. So those two things are are you know I want to I, I want to build something where I can step away from it for a month, two months, and it still not only makes money but grows without me. Mm -hmm. Like, is that do you? like briefly, I mean, that's, a, that's kind of, that's a whole nother episode conversation, I'm sure. But like, what are you, how are you thinking like that? Are you, you know, are, are there, are there things that you want to get done that 
aren't necessarily related to the business? And, you know, do you have goals like outside of, um, you know, personal goals that you want to get to that, that um, you need the freedom from, from the job or from the you business? Know, so you, we talk about leveraging the stuff that I want to accomplish. It is all leverage from this. We were taught time and money, right? Mm-hmm. So time and money is I want to be able to go and help other, let's say team leaders or franchise leaders to go down the same path or grow within themselves. So I won't want to say coaching because it's more of, I'd want to be more hands-on to help them build and grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something that would do like certain people, like we mentioned about a team leader saying, Oh, I don't want to manage. Like I want to help find them and show them that limiting belief is worthless. You can do this. Yeah. Come on, let me, let me help you. Cause you know, you can show a roadmap, but if no one's there to really help you, you know, that's why we get coaches. We get coaches to help us go through our, our, our roadmaps or plans. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not saying that I want to get into coaching by any means, but I want to get into more of, of helping people grow with it. And I'm getting to do that now on the franchise level, mm-hmm. but I'm looking forward to being able to do that on the mortgage and title side. And look, hey, I went through this. Let me see if I can help you. And, and we can build it up. And, um, and then everybody is a win-win. Yeah. But time and money, that's all you need. Yeah. You got to have those two things. So. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That's my, uh, that's been the, my focus. Like every, every decision I make, I try to bounce it off my, you know, my value of what I value in life is the biggest one is freedom of time mm-hmm. and freedom of money, like debt free, you know, be able to kids college are paid for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like everything's bounced off of that. So. Right. Awesome. And it, it's funny that coach has become like a, not a bad word, but people, the, the, the term coach has been so overused that, you know, people who really are genuinely want to help and guide others, they're, they're moving away from that word coach. I just think just an observation I just well, threw in there. Coach, coach too, is, I feel like a lot of the, when the term coach is used is one dimensional. Hmm. So you'll have a coach, you know, let's say you meet with them an hour a week. They're really doing a lot of your mindset mm-hmm. and like talking about your business and stuff, but they're really not in the trenches with you. Where yeah. when I think of like when I coach my franchise and stuff, I'm in there with them. I'm showing them on the programs. I'm showing them in the, how to look at these numbers and and really diving into their business more and saying, look, this is what I do. Here, look inside my business. You can see in here. Um, so that's like more of a hands-on type coach where if you're a team leader and you don't go on a listening appointment with your new agent, that's not good. They're never mm-hmm. going to be far ahead. Where when I had my team, I'd be doing ride-alongs with them. We would yeah. tell clients that I was a new agent and I just wanted to see how, how it worked. And even <laughs> they were the new agent, you know, Yeah. we would just do that just to, just to help speed them along, fast track them. And to me, that's where I want to be like that, where it's I'm, I'm helping coaching, but I'm right there doing, it. I'm doing it right there with you. It's not, Hey, go do, go do this or go do that. Mm-hmm. Not just accountability. I guess coaching to me is a lot of it's accountability. Yeah. And if you're an entrepreneur, you don't really need a lot. You just need a, a, someone to do it, show you with yeah. you real quick. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, that's interesting. That, as I would, um, when I first started my team, I would, the, the agents would introduce me as the team leader. And I'm like, and I'd be like, don't just, just tell them, just say I'm your partner or we're partners and, or, you know, we're on the same team, but you don't have to, you know, don't, don't take away your um, authority basically and your expertise, like, don't give it to me. Like you, you're the one that needs to keep that so that you, you have that credibility. 
yep. with your, with your uh, clients, but yep. yeah, this, well, this has been an awesome, this has been an awesome conversation. I'm, I, we could go on forever. I'm sure as I have, <laughs> I could think of about a million more questions for you. So maybe we'll do another episode, but, um, but before we wrap it up, is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have asked you? No, no. If anybody's interested in, in learning more um, about first class real estate or kind of if you are farther along and you're thinking you're kind of ready to see what it's all about doing mortgage and title, I can share with you what what pitfalls and success I have with it. So on both sides of it, you know, I love having those conversations because, you know, it's something new and different. So I'm passionate about it. So it's neat. But um, like I said, either way, if you want uh, real estate, mortgage that, just go on Facebook and just message me or or uh, hit me up as Charles Benton. And then you can, um, we can set up a time and just chat or, you know, just kind of strategize, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I love like you and I just the other day, just chatting. We, yeah. we learned so much, you know, just to kind of bounce ideas off of each other. So that's important. Um, and, and I love to do it. I love when these Facebook groups where that happens, you know, I have a yeah. call one thirty with someone that saw some of my recruiting Facebook ads I was running and wants me to show them how I'm like, heck yeah. I'll show you, you yes. know, so it's, it's just that kind of collaborating is huge. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I, I've been really trying to dig in and, and um, you know, a, because the podcast, I'm always looking for guests. I'm always looking to have you know, new ideas and, and uh, new, new things for the, for the podcast, but also just when, when you talk, when you have conversations, business happens, it just, it just, yeah, it's like, it, it's a no brainer. And, and there's always, uh, I mean, if you talk to somebody and, and you necessarily can't help each other, you might know somebody that you can connect them with. It's just, it's fun to, to, when I, when I get on the phone with somebody else that understands that aspect of it, because sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll call someone and they're just a network and they're like, what's your angle? What do you, yeah. <laughs> what do you want? What are you trying to get? What are you trying to sell to me? It's like, oh, really? I swear I'm not trying to sell anything. And then there's that, that trust that's hard to break down. So. Yeah, it, it, I think I think that's that goes away over time. Typically, when I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Hmm. You'll run into people like that, and they're just not there yet. A knowledge yeah. seeking, they're not looking for every little grain of knowledge they can find yet. Because yeah. once they do, they don't care what your angle is as long as you give them some knowledge. Yeah, you know, like somebody can call, try to sell me everything they want. Perfect, let's talk. Yeah, you're going to probably teach me something, and if you got a good product, great. If not, I just learned something. So. I think that people will get there, you know, and we're already kind of there where we're always looking for, for that little nugget mm-hmm. of knowledge we can get and, and, and we can share knowledge too, you know? Yeah, most definitely. Cool. So I, I will, um, Facebook's the best way to get a hold of you. Someone yeah, wants to reach out. Sure is. And I'll put that, I'll put your, um, your link in, in the show notes uh, for that. Do you have Instagram or anything like that? Or, or is it Facebook mainly? Facebook's the best way I'm on that most. Okay, cool. Well, this has been, this has been awesome. Uh, thanks so much for, for coming on. Um, I, I love that. I'm going to, I'm definitely going to be digging into more of the, the mortgage, you know, side of things. And, and, you know, like I said, I'm redoing my goals. That's definitely going on my, on my, uh, at least my three year, I think we'll put on a three year yeah. to get to get a mortgage company started. Cause that's just, like you said, it is a no brainer to, for us as agents to, to take that next step. Yes. I mean, we're all entrepreneurs. Might, might as well yeah. just keep keep growing in the industry. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. All right, Charles. Thank you so much. Thank you.